0: Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well being and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host...
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shift Happens. Thank you for tuning in, and I am indeed Karen Weary, your host here. And when I'm not on here, I am a licensed marriage family therapist, and what I do is I help people overcome things that they have been through. Now, we have all been through uh, stuff, and uh, a lot of times people they will compare what they have been to to what uh, other. God-awful things that other people have gone through and, and try to tell themselves that, well, I haven't been through anything. And it's not in order to magnify anything. It's just a, a real fact that how we uh, experience uh, situations that we've gone through is really the only uh, measuring stick that we need because you may have gone through some, you know, you maybe you're, when you were growing up, your parents got divorced, and you know, you had siblings who experienced that divorce in a completely different way. Yeah, they were totally, um, you know, oblivious and and were totally involved in their own life, whereas you were more in, in, entangled in the whole process, and so you are gonna have a different experience than your sibling did. And and the whole point is that when we don't address those kinds of things, we end up perpetuating a lot of the same patterns. And this was one of the things that um, my guest uh, that is on today, It's actually a recording that I did of an interview with him, Uh, one of my top favorite people in the world, Uh, so I was super excited to be able to have this uh, honor and opportunity to talk with him. Uh, In part one that we aired two weeks ago, uh, he talked about the foundation of how our belief systems are created, uh, how and why we uh, end up Behaving the way that we do, making the choices that we do, most of it, completely on autopilot, based on programming <laughs> that has happened over our childhood and growing up. And um, and this is really um just how it's done how what happens and we don't even know because we our brains are designed to soak up everything when we're young you know it makes sense you want uh, you know we want to we have to learn how to survive in this world and and that's how we were designed then to soak everything up and so that's another word for that could be programming and, and uh, because we know what we learn we have instincts and such and then, You know, if it was good programming that we had put in, we came from families who had resolved their own stuff and they were healthy and they demonstrated how to get along and how to uh, resolve conflicts and this, that, and the other. We were really, really, really lucky. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't have been bullied at school or been self-conscious about something or had an accident that, you know, something bad happened, you know, where. uh, So... It doesn't matter really what your life was like. You probably experienced something that was difficult, challenging, and you don't have to put the word trauma on there, even though to the brain, the brain doesn't know the difference and that's what it feels like. Um, And that can be resolved and that is what I do. And um, I do that for the most part with a very, very effective efficient modality that's not going to take you years in therapy to do this kind of work Um, many times it only takes three to six sessions and you will have worked through and I can tell you it is night and day what it feels like to resolve these kinds of things it's a physical relief uh, literally and many times uh, aches and pains will also go away as you process these things because Our body stores these kinds of traumatic things, challenging events uh, in our body as well. So I was a little um, um, vague about who my guest was. If you heard us two weeks ago, you know who it was. Um, So I will tell you that uh, my guest today that you will hear part two of the interview that I did with him a couple weeks ago was Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yes, indeed. Most people know him, I am sure, Uh, but let me just officially uh, introduce him. Um, He is Dr. Bruce Lipton, PhD, stem cell biologist, and best-selling author of The Biology of Belief, Spontaneous Evolution, and The Honeymoon Effect. I recommend all three of those books. I have all of them, and they are fantastic, and they really explain a lot from a... scientific, um, uh, biological cell standpoint, what happens emotionally, and I love how he ties in mind, body, and spirit, because they really are not separate things. It's all one thing. You cannot separate us like that, Um, and he served, Dr. Bruce Lipton served as an associate professor of anatomy in the School of Medicine at the University of Wisconsin-Madison from 1973 to 82. And in the medical curriculum, Bruce, he lectured in cell biology, histology, and embryology. His pioneering research on cloned human stem cells presaged today's revolutionary new field of epigenetics. And that's really where the juicy stuff comes in with regards to epigenetics. Dr. Lipton later served as a research fellow in the Department of Pathology in Stanford University's School of Medicine from 87 to 92 groundbreaking research at Stanford revealed the nature of the biochemical pathways by which the mind, which are the perceptions and beliefs controls behavior and genetic activity. Let me repeat that because that might've slipped right on by how the biochemical pathways by which the mind of, of which is perceptions and beliefs controls the behavior and genetic activity. That is huge. That means that we have the ability to change our behavior and genetic activity indeed. In addition to being listed in the top 100 of the world's most spiritually influential living people in the United Kingdom's Watkins Journal, Bruce received a 2009 prestigious Goy Peace Award in Japan in honor of his scientific contribution to World Harmony. And boy, could we use some of that right now, right? Uh, Bruce has lectured in seven of the eight continents and is still awaiting an invitation from the penguins to present in Antarctica. <laughs> so, and for more information about him, you can visit him at uh, www.brucelipton.com. So, and I highly encourage you to go visit him over there because he has lots of information events and all kinds of things going on. And uh, with, because that, so this uh, second part of, of the interview that I did with uh, Dr. Lipton, uh, he's actually going to get more into what's going on currently with the virus and uh, vaccinations, which is really interesting. And as well as what are some things that we can do? You know, what are our choices? What are our, our options? And, you know, so we in our world are given really a lot of disempowering empowering and limiting beliefs and messages. And that comes from friends, parents, family, media, mainstream media, especially, um, This is why I don't listen very much to mainstream media. I like to pick and choose who I want to listen to. And I listen to what resonates inside because this is one of the things that I teach people when I work with people is that, you know, um, to really tune in and listen to your own inner guidance because, you know, what's right for me might not be right for you. And I do not believe that I'm here to tell anybody what they need to do. I believe that I'm here to uh, help and encourage people to find what's their own truth. And that, to me, is the ultimate respect. And that, to me, is one of the highest levels of um, personal growth that we can get to. And in that space, we really get to be very... Uh, comfortable in our own skin and in trusting our own ability. And that's one of the things that these three guys that I like to listen to a lot. One is Dr. Bruce Lipton, and the other is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and the other is Greg Braden. They talk about our human potential, that we have no even idea. This is not out there in mainstream media. It's not taught in the schools. Uh, I think it needs to be in the curriculum, and our kids need to learn this ASAP. Uh, because we are capable of so much more than we are being told. We're being told that we have to take medication. We have to, you know, submit ourselves to uh, what, you, what doctors and government tells us that we have to do. And, um, and when in fact there's lots and lots of evidence that a lot of, a lot of places want to not have out there. That's not true. We have incredible, our bodies are incredible healing machines (laughs) that we are able to tap into. The whole placebo effect, you know, is a testament in and of itself that a lot of people unconsciously have even gone into being able to heal their own bodies because they thought they were getting a medication that they weren't. They have even done studies with surgeries. They did fake knee surgeries where they just cut holes in the knee so that the person thought that they were getting the surgery. And sure enough, I don't know what the percentage was, but a a, a large percentage of them felt perfectly fine afterwards, not knowing that they didn't get the actual surgery. (laughs) So, So, you know... If you think about that, you know, just take that information for a moment and think about if that's possible, then what if we consciously really learned how to tap into that space? We all have that space. We all have that capability. And that's what's always made me very curious and very open to uh, wanting to learn more about what are we really capable of doing? Um and another one of my favorite people who's not been around for a long time, Nikola Tesla, was quite uh, a, a brilliant man, uh, found a couple of quotes of his, and one is, peace can only come as a natural consequence of universal enlightenment. Let me just repeat that because I think I messed it up a little bit with a little speech impediment there. I tripped over my words. <laughs> peace is can only come as a natural consequence of universal enlightenment. And that is one of the things that, I don't know, I guess I, I am really all about wanting world peace <laughs> because I really believe that we're capable. And in reality, most people just want to live their lives. They want to love. They want to be heard. They want to experience. And and that um, is what I think that I'm here to help as many myself and as many people that uh, are wanting to follow that path as well. And what shift happens is about, you know, is letting you know that we have options, that there are a lot of things out there that we can do. And this is why I like to introduce the guests onto the show that I am able to get my hands on to, to share their uh, aspect, their perspective on how can you, um, you know, grow, how can you uh, choose better health, how can you, and it's all about choice. Um, and so in this part of uh, the second part of the interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton, like I was saying, he's going to get more into the different levels of, of thinking that we have, that there's the conscious mind, there's the subconscious mind. Where are we really when we are thinking? Where are we when we are You know, being a little bit more uh, creative, from which place does our um, programming, our autopilot step in? He's going to talk about that. And um, that was introduced uh, in the first episode of where he was talking, where I was interviewing him. And so he's going to go a little bit more into this because we're going to talk about what is going on in the world right now. <laughs> uh, we are now in August of 2020, if you're not listening on today. Um, you know, there are some pretty big things going on in the world. <laughs> and um, we're yeah, hanging around waiting uh, to see what all is happening. What What is going to filter through politically, medically, spiritually, emotionally. And um, it's quite interesting times where there are a lot of people who are being, you know, shut down, censored, uh, not allowed to speak. And these are people who are actually in the field of the what it is that they're talking about publicly. I'm talking about doctors, nurses, you know, uh, scientists who work in the field. And so it makes me wonder, what is going on with that's happening so i was really happy to get my hands on and <laughs> dr bruce lipton who is as you heard me uh, describe before and a doctor is stem cell uh, research um, researcher biologist and um you know so so when we get people who have really studied into what the human potential is, what really goes on down in the nitty-gritty level, you know, the cellular place—that's that's some of the smallest pieces that we can get to. We're not talking about quantum, uh, the quantum, um, uh, the the field, and which he actually talks a little bit about as well. You know, which is why I really. You know, enjoy reading about what he has to talk about. Because again, um, you know, we are an entire field. We are energy, we are electricity, we are all kinds of, we are light, in fact, you know, and so this is what uh, we emits from us. And he talks about how, how far out of our physical bodies that we emit these signals. And um, so it's it's you're definitely going to want to tune back in. We are getting ready to roll out into a couple of messages. Uh, but in the vein of the quote that I was just sharing with of Nikola Tesla about world peace, uh, at this time in, in our world and this timeline of history, uh, you know, if we really need uh, to be able to get into that space of enlightenment and raising our vibration, getting ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually in a better place. And this is why I'm going to start as of tomorrow, Wednesday, August 5th, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to do like a 10-minute meditation to just help us get into that space. And when we do this together, then we can really make a difference in the world. So you'll want to come on back, hear Dr. Bruce Lipton when we come back after these messages.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. Insights dramatic weight loss coaching program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to Karin W at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K A R I N. Now, Back to shift happens.
1: I was listening. I can't remember who it was. That they were talking about the. Maybe Greg Braden, one of your buddies that you travel yes. around the world with, <laughs> was saying this is the first time in 5,000 years we have a convergence of the it's uh, environmental and a financial. And I can't remember what the third uh, extinction was or, or, and, um, yeah. So this is all happening right here. So there's so much going on. And it's a
2: perfect storm they call it a perfect storm it's it's every uh, there's a saying you can't see the forest through the trees yeah. the statement means if you focus on the individual trees you can't see that geez you're inside a big forest okay so i say what are the individual trees covid 19 racial violence religious upheaval economic downturn climate change uh, and i go on I go these are all one force. If you look at any one and say, that's what the problem is, I said, nope, you, you missed it. Every one of these is a problem because every one of these is a symptom of not living in harmony. And that the destination that nature is saying, well, you got a choice here. You could keep this going, but it's a short trip. Or you can change and learn to live in harmony with each other. As well as learn to live in harmony with this, this environment. Yeah. Uh, and that is the offer we have been given. Whether we accept the offer, I'll probably find out around Election Day how that stands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's going to be Interesting. And and so when we're talking about, you know, what is not working is essentially in the process of disintegrating, right? And would you say that, that we already have what is sustainable and what can keep us going? Is that already here and available?
2: That, that's the beautiful part. We don't have to create anything new. We just have to stop doing what we've been doing as, as conventional behavior. And everything is at our, uh, we're here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if you stop being, you know, showing the video images on the television of death and destruction and fear and all that, I say, well, that that's the picture that's activating your program. You are, uh, are now disempowered even greater because you're looking at it going, yeah. whoa. I go, no, no, you're a participant. You know, yep. I'm old enough to remember hippie days. Uh, and back in those hippie days, there was a very important saying that said, before you go out and save the world, take care of your backyard. Hmm. Uh, and this is exactly what the issue is. We all wanna go out there and change the stupid upside down thing that's happening. And yet we can't because we are not even in our own place in harmony. Yep. First, you have to build harmony around you. And then we can collectively get together and share that harmony. And that's what community is all about. But uh, this is why your work right now, Karen, is so important. Because if we don't change the existing consciousness, then by definition, we are doomed to keep playing the same destructive game that is now uh, pushing us on the edge. We're on the edge of extinction. And again, uh, we're not talking 100 years. We're talking, uh, our kids are gonna be in a world that we would never have imagined. 2048. Good date. Put this on your calendar. 2048, there will be no fish in the ocean. Uh, uh, And that's conservative. Uh, And I say, why? We have overfished. We have been destroying the breeding grounds. We have polluted the water. And therefore, the disappearance of fish isn't the responsibility of the fish. It's us. Uh. And this is what we are undermining the complete ecosystem. And everybody wants to focus on the, their little symptom. And, and I have this little symptom. And I, and these people are doing that. And I'm going. You're still looking at the trees, man. You just haven't seen the big picture. <laughs> and the big yeah. picture is we are committing, you know, suicide for human civilization. We're killing yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Nothing outside is coming in to kill us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, a lot of that is, is the program because all the fear, what's the first when we're in fear and anxiety and fight or flight mode, then the first system that's hit is our immune system. So right then and there, and yeah, living in prolonged states of, of stress causes chronic illness.
2: Uh, absolutely. Because uh, stress hormones, by definition, shut down the immune system. Yeah. Why? Well, the answer was simple. When was this evolution of stress and, and, and fear provoked? And I say, back when there were saber-toothed tigers. I say, what well, was important? Well, you could be out and having a wonderful time in a field, eating fruit off a tree or whatever the hell is going on, and a saber-toothed tiger shows up. You have to do something different. You, growth is what you were doing uh, before. <laughs> now the tiger shows up, you have to get him protection. And I say, well, why is this relevant? And this is critical to understanding where we are today, and that is this. Growth and protection are mutually exclusive behaviors in a human body. I go, why? I say, well, growth involves the gut, the visceral, all the organs in here. Uh, Why? Because they're cleaning and maintaining, fixing the body, giving us energy and doing all that. I say, yeah, but if a saber toothed tiger is coming, you don't necessarily need these organs. Well, you know, you're not gonna hit it on the head with your pancreas or something like that. I say, when the tiger is coming, you have to engage the somatic system, arms and legs, mobility, you gotta engage that. I go, okay, engaging anything, whether it's the viscera or the arms and legs, takes energy. I go, absolutely. I say, where's the energy? In the blood. I say, then what's the problem here? When you're in growth, the blood is going through your viscera and, and, and supporting all the functions, which is immune system, okay? Then I say, the moment that saber-toothed tiger shows up, guess what? I don't need the blood in my gut. I sure as heck need it in my arms and legs. So <laughs> the stress hormones squeeze the blood vessels shut in the gut to stop the use of energy for maintaining the body because you gotta run like hell now to get away from that tiger. So I want all of the energy in my arms and legs. So things that are high energy using the things that are not necessary to escape, don't have to be funded when you're running from the tiger. Big one, immune system, why? It protects you from the inside. But if you're going to be eaten by the, lion, the tiger on the outside, who cares about the bacteria? It doesn't mean anything anymore. So stress hormones shut down the blood vessels in the gut, which pushes the blood to the arms and legs so I can run. That's what people get, like queasy butterflies in the stomach feeling, is the moment the stress hormones go in there, you can feel the blood vessels are squeezing shut in the gut. You feel it. Uh, and uh, blood is not being pushed. And I say, when oh, an immune system, shut off. Why? You don't need it and while you're running from the tiger. It's so powerful because this has to affect everything we're talking about here, is that medical uh, therapies use stress hormones when they're gonna transplant a foreign organ into a recipient. They give the recipient stress hormones before putting the organ in. I go, why? because stress hormones shut down the immune system and will prevent the rejection of the foreign organ. So I'm making an environment that is free of immune system interaction by putting stress hormones there. go, that's how powerful stress hormones are. They wow. use it to shut down the system intentionally. I go, so what about today? Turn on the news. I go, there's some stress hormones. There's stress hormones dripping in your body 24, 7, 365. I said, yeah, but the system that designed the response a million years ago, ran away from the stress. What? The saber tooth tiger. I say, and if you survived 10 minutes, guess what? You're free. So now all of a sudden there's no more stress. So (laughs) when did we use stress historically? 10 minute bursts of shut it down, all the other functions, because we're gonna use all this energy to run. And now we live in a world where running is every day from the moment you wake up until the moment you go back to bed. I go, you are dripping stress hormones. And I say, what is the result of that? Your immune system is totally compromised. Mm -hmm. And I go, interesting point about today's flu, which it is, uh, is that 60% of Americans already have one chronic disease, which compromises the immune system. 40% have two or more chronic diseases. I wanna tell you, it's not the virulence of the virus, it's the weakness of the person that is where the problem is coming from. And it's showing us in the US the consequences of stress. Where, look in the big city areas, look where, you know, there's poverty, and you say, wow, look at, look at all that's going on. That's because the virus didn't get any stronger, they got weaker. <laughs> and so uh, the statistics truly reveal that this is no more virulent than an annual flu season, except that the people haven't had previous experience, so everybody has to have an experience. Why? Because my immune system only works if I have an experience. And so we think, okay, lock away the population while the flu is happening. And I say, yeah, you know, it did what it was necessary. There was an overwhelm in the hospital when everybody showed up at once. Hmm. So they locked them away and it's like, oh good, now the, the hospital is not even servicing anybody anymore. And I go, and then they let everybody out and boom, the spike shows up. Surprise, you, you have all these susceptible people in a jar? And you open the lid of the jar. What the heck do you expect to happen? The the virus was going to disappear or they were going to naturally gain immunity by not being exposed to it. It's like, never. The spike is only because you just let more people out of the jar. (laughs) Uh, And the reality is, when's the resolution? When everybody gets the damn virus and get it over with. And I say, is everybody going to die? And I go, total false understanding. Yes, I, you know, I'm one of the old people, okay? I'm one of those people that are more susceptible to all this stuff. Uh, and the simple reality is this. Uh, susceptibility is based on how much your immune system is compromised. And what we're seeing is a lethality, not a, a, a you know, aggressive virus. We're seeing a lethality because of the stresses on those people. End-of-life people, of course, have stresses. They're being supported by machines, most of them. At that point, they're not working fully, okay? Uh, but the stressed-out ones that have uh, pre-existing uh, chronic illnesses, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, we well, you're already open. Why? Because your immune system is chronically working against those issues that life has created. And so am I afraid of the virus as the old guy that I am? Well, absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe, oh, uh, I don't see it happening. Oh, Bruce looked us he wasn't afraid of the virus, and boom, he's gone. Well, hey, I'm 75, I'm going to go anyway at some point, so I'm not really worried about it. But the reality is fear compromises your ability to survive in a prolonged state. A 10-minute fear running away from a tiger, that was the design. But it was never designed to be a, almost a habit of life. And that's where we're all compromised at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that this is the part that worries me is when they're talking about, you know, this vaccine that they're running through. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. And again, what, again
2: human hubris. We can do it better than nature. I go, that's a bunch of BS. Uh, that means belief system. Uh, and, and the idea about that is simply this. Every part of the human system that works cannot be, uh, we, human mechanisms and technology cannot fully recreate what the human body can do. The human body has an immune system that creates its own antibodies and takes care of it. The idea that we are going to tell the body, this is what I want you to do and stick a needle inside and throw a bunch of trash inside the body, which confuses the body. I say, why? Because the body has so much intelligence and we bypassed it and let me just give a hint to what it might be and it's because most people have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk about and that is this of course we have a natural immune system we've, been, we've created immunity for everything for thousands and thousands of years before medical people were here at all we created immunity that's how we got here I say well where is that mechanism and the answer is this you ready they're called tonsils tonsils I go, what are tonsils? Well, they're in the back of your throat. There's actually three pairs, six tonsils, two above the, the palate, two at the base of the throat. You can see when you open up your mouth real wide and two at the base of the tongue. I go, what, what, what about them? I say, in the textbooks, they say that they're there for protection. Hmm. From what? Stuff that comes in through your mouth, your nose, your ears, your eyes, all of it has to go down the throat. So any infective agents that are coming in has to pass down the throat. So they were saying, oh, the tonsils are there to protect you by taking, you know, fighting those things. And it goes, no, the tonsils don't fight infection. The tonsils learn, memory, experience. And this is why infants reflexively will stick everything in their environment into their mouth. The system is designed. It's a natural vaccination mechanism with intelligence beyond us. And we say, well, I'm going to put a needle in there and throw this garbage in there. And I sort of like walking down the street and all of a sudden out of the sky plops this big burning pile of garbage. And where the hell did that come from? Well, guess what? That's what the immune system is. Where the hell did that come from? Why? It has centuries. It has awareness. You violated an intelligence with your thinking And it turns out vaccines are more problematic in most cases than are useful. And oral vaccines, I'm not saying don't vaccinate. I'm saying utilize the intelligence of the system and create oral vaccines because that's how the system will read it and learn it. And what are we doing? Cutting out tonsils going, hey, we don't need those anymore. We don't need these thinking things. I go, you don't even understand what the hell they're doing. They're the learning centers Of the immune system. Hmm. So I'm not against vaccines, but I'm only acknowledging vaccines that are orally introduced to be the kind that the biology's intelligence will be able to understand.
1: Wow. That's the first time I've ever heard that about the tonsils and oral vaccinations. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't hurt either, the oral vaccinations.
2: No, <laughs> yeah, and you can put cherry flavor if you like, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Bruce, I have a couple of people who wanted me to ask questions uh, of you. And so the one of my friends, she uh, was asking, what are next steps getting back to normalcy after our current situation? Is there anything that we need to see that maybe we aren't?
2: <laughs> yes. What we have to do is number one, recognize, are we powerful or are we victims? If you own victim, then you've given up power. And then I, I can't, you know, I I'm sorry, if that's what you want, you want to be a victim. That's a choice. Why? Because other people don't have to be victims for the same thing. And they look, a doctor can walk through all the wards of all the sick people day in and day out and not get the illnesses of the patients that they touch. You go, oh, they must be genetically different. I go, no, their consciousness is, I am the doctor. I can't get sick. (laughs) I am the doctor. That's what I would say every flu season. Why do I need a flu shot? No, I'm not getting a flu. That's what I would say. (laughs) I'm feeding my system and intelligence. And guess what? Thank God I don't have any of those flu shots because they're part of the problem with COVID. Uh, 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 And their cross-reactivity is like, uh uh-uh. Uh, and I said, if you violate the intelligence of the system, it's totally incorrect.
1: Yeah. And
2: yeah, that we really yeah. have to own that uh, this consciousness is manifesting everything at this point. I didn't even know if I answered the question on that, card.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... So basically, you know, we have to choose which one we're going to be. Are we going to be empowered or am I going to be the victim?
2: Now, and and here's where there's a problem because people think, oh, well, I always have these good, happy thoughts. And why the hell aren't they happy? I say you're having happy thoughts by just the point you said I have thoughts meant you weren't paying attention. You can have all the happy thoughts in the world while all around you, the world falling apart and and you're being, you know, maligned by a a world and you're in your head going, yeah, I got positive thoughts. I go, conscious mind is not controlling. When conscious mind is thinking, it's even less controlling at this point. 95% is coming from the program. So the, the idea, I put a sticky note on my refrigerator and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. And I go, that, that didn't change subconscious. Conscious can learn from the sticky notes because conscious is creative. I could read a book, watch a video, go to a seminar, do whatever. I can learn instantly because that's what conscious mind does. Subconscious learns in a different way. It, it has habits. And, and I say, why is it relevant? Well, if you put a habit in, do you want it to just to change any day? I go, no, if a habit's a good habit, I won't keep that habit. Like walking? Oh, I got that habit before two years of age. Guess what? Subconscious program. I don't think about walking. Mm -hmm. Subconscious, good. Then I go, yeah, now I got problems with relationships. I go, ooh, subconscious, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, Not the relationship. Subconscious. That put me in that relationship is bad. Did I change it by having wishes of everything is going to be okay? And I go, that's a conscious mind. If it doesn't become part of the subconscious program, it's 5% activity level is, is not really going to support what the conscious mind's desires and wishes are. And that's why we could all walk around all day long with, oh, I wish this was more like this. I wish I had that, I wish I had that. And then I go, well, you know what? While you've been thinking of all those wishes, the programs you've been playing had just been sabotaging you. <laughs> because you've been thinking about it and therefore the behavior was automatically invisible to you and since yeah. most of them are negative, guess what? You were very helpful in letting your subconscious override while you were thinking wonderful thoughts.
1: Yeah, It's like riding this beautiful Maserata with a foot on the brake, right?
2: <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, it's, these are conflicting belief systems mm-hmm. that generate conflict because they're conflicting. Yeah, That's good use of words. Uh, but the relevance <laughs> about it is that they don't provoke harmony and without harmony harmony is health disharmony is disease simple equation harmony health disharmony disease bottom line that's it
1: yeah. and so coming to this place of creating the honeymoon effect in your you know heaven on earth right here yes. in our reality a lot of that has to do with you know like they talk about with the heart math institute with the heart brain uh, coherence Yes.
2: Uh, okay. People have heard about heart brain coherence. I say, what does it mean? I go simply this. Imagine um, a big amphitheater that could hold 20,000 people and a musician on the stage with a guitar. But no, no amplifier, just a guitar. How many people in that 20,000 seat audience could hear that music? Just a few in a little close proximity because that's how far the sound went. I say, the brain's... Vision is like that performer with instead of playing a guitar, playing a vision. I go, why is it relevant? If it's just coming from the brain, it doesn't go as far. Why? Because the electrical activity fades off very quickly. I say, I well, what what does the heart have to do with? That? I go, the heart is an electromagnetic pump. Boy, when that heartbeat, you can you can read the heartbeat uh, what uh, fifteen feet away with a device I could read your heartbeat because it's mm-hmm. so powerful an electric field. I go, so what? And I go, when the brain's image is coming from the heart's perspective, your, your, your heart is emanating this image, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the heart, the, the vibration of the image from the brain, the electronics of it, it's a field, is picked up by the heart field. But that's an amplifier because that will carry that image throughout the 20,000 seats. If I had an amplifier on the guitar, no amplifier on a guitar, 30 seats. Amplifier on a guitar, 20,000 seats. Conscious without heart is, is, is unplugged, no amplifier. Consciousness with heart is amplified so that your energy field, quantum physics, which is the energy field shapes matter, your consciousness being an energy field is shaping the physical expression of your world. Mm -hmm. If you put it with your heart, you amplify the effect of it. Your distance of manifesting a field is much greater than just immediately close by. And that is the value of amplification of the heart-mind connectivity.
1: Wow. So it's kind of like, we're always sending radio signals out and that's, doing that's that. our field
2: mm. yeah now people don't understand that because when i mentioned earlier vibrations of the brain and consciousness and the different levels i say you did it with reading what's called electroencephalograph wires connected to the skin which is like a conductor of the electrical activity of the brain so it's like oh it's inside my head but i can see my consciousness on the screen okay and i go But the new device called magnetoencephalograph, MEG, not EEG, electro, magnetoencephalograph, reads brain activity in the same way, except the probe is out here. (laughs) And I say, do you understand immediately from the image of what this means? I'm reading my brain activity out here. What's the point? I'm not keeping consciousness inside my head. I'm broadcasting consciousness. (laughs) And that broadcasting of consciousness, the consciousness is shaping a field. And Einstein's quote, the field is the sole governing agency of matter. That in quantum physics, the energy field that gives character to the physical realm. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden field in quantum physics, invisible energy influencing the physical realm. I go, wow, spirit. Invisible energy (laughs) influencing the physical realm. Quantum physics and spirituality are one. When you understand that the spiritual understanding didn't provide a technical mechanism. It was a belief issue. But now that belief issue has a technical foundation in quantum physics. So... Although the understanding of how it worked was available a long time ago, the understanding of the mechanics of how it worked is only more recent, but guess what? They're still the same. And it basically says a spiritual, okay, you don't wanna use spiritual religious content, fine. The field (laughs) that we're generating uh, is a field that's in disharmony with the world's environmental energy. And we influence that field. Mm. And we change our consciousness changes the electromagnetic activity of the entire planet because uh, uh, Princeton, they have these uh, observing the energy fields of the planet satellites Mm. that are reading the energy field of the planet. Uh, And when a big human experience happens, like 911, there's a radical shift in the electromagnetic field of the entire Earth, not a coincidence or accident linked to an event. And I go, well, how can that be linked to an event? The answer is because of the consciousness of the people all of a sudden coherently looking at the same event are tuning forks that are broadcasting. Everyone's now broadcasting the same thing. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, amplification, power. The more the tuning forks are aligned, the more powerful the thoughts of a community are than the thoughts of an individual. And that's why we're facing an undoing of an existing community, which has been disruptive with the idea is we have an opportunity to create a better version of community and harmony. And all of a sudden heaven on earth is not an individual experience. Heaven on earth will be a global experience because we'd all be able to use our consciousness to manifest these wonderful wishes and desires.
1: And in reality, If we were just to get that concept and implement it right here today, everybody who listened.
2: (laughs) Instant change. Instant. And and a beautiful part is uh, science has revealed that we don't need uh, masses and masses of people to make this convergence uh, because it revealed from the studies of uh, trans and dental meditation research where groups of people focused on reducing a crime and then the crime disappeared with their collective number they started to figure out well what number of people can influence the planet and i think it's the square root of one percent of the planet's population which all of a sudden says okay that's a good size number but it's not like oh my god everybody has to have the same thought it's like nope small percent coherent (laughs) Uh, when all those small percent they're vibrating tuning forks are in harmony yeah. the power of a coherent force mm. is enough to influence all the non-coherent forces at the same time yeah. because they're not going anywhere but one group of coherence manifests of an expression of that that will you know propagate
1: And that is totally doable if it is being done already, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I I know we're running out of time, but I want to add one thing. Life is based on energy. Energy is life. You got energy, you got life. Got no energy, you don't got life. And I said, well, how do you use your energy? And I go, well, if you use your energy to support yourself, that was what the mechanism was for. I say, but what if you just throw out energy and waste it? I go, well, then you just, you're compromising your life. I go, you know, if I give you a checkbook uh, and and the money in the account is how your life is going, you don't write stupid checks. Oh, here's a check for you because you got a nice pair of shoes. Huh? You know, we'll give away the money because of whims like that? And I go, well, you're not going to survive. Then I go, energy is a commodity like money in our body And if I gave you an energy checkbook and said, every time you use your energy, you have to write this check. And you start to look at the checks you're writing. And the first thing you're gonna have to understand is this. If it was money, you put out money because you're getting something back or you're gonna make more than you even put out. But you don't put out money with knowing that it's not coming back anymore. (laughs) And it's useless. It didn't help you, didn't help anybody. That's waste. If we look at the energy of how we use it in our world today I'm gonna give very important just an A or B. If I look at the world and go, oh my God, it's falling apart and it's crazy, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna take my gloves off and I'm gonna go in there and fight that system and I'm gonna make it better. And I go, I wish I could show it to you right now, I have a video, just show two electrodes coming together. And when positive and negative, they come together, they spark, they fire, they melt, and they're gone. Why? two opposing energies cancel each other out so i say we're in a world that's upside down and crazy i have a choice i can go in that world pull up my sleeves and go okay let's fight i'm gonna say that's my electrode their world boom nothing nobody got anything i wasted my energy or and this is what we're all supposed to understand Rather than going into the system and fighting it to fix it, we take our energy out of the system and put it over here and build a more sustainable one. Okay, I think Buckminster Fuller said that, or one of the leading futurists said, that, uh, don't don't put your money into to, to the struggle. Don't put your energy in there. Yeah. Put it into something that we're building, not one that's coming down. And so if we stop focusing on what's coming down and start putting out, what can we do? Yeah. What, what do we need to do to make this place better? Not how do I hide in a room and hide from that thing? Then we, we have a chance to move on. But we're so focused on the accident that is happening and we're so you know, horrified and focusing on it. It's like, D- did that help you? Did that that use of energy in any way facilitate your health or change the planet? I go, no, you wasted the energy. I go, that's the check that you wrote that you threw away. And I'm going, your energy is too valuable to throw away. Because life is, life is beautiful. (laughs) Life is beautiful. We see it every now and then in between the stress. There's a moment where all of a sudden it opens up and go, oh, it's beautiful out there. And then go right back into the stress again. It's like. So what? I said,
1: why don't you live out here? It's
2: much more beautiful.
1: <laughs> it is. It truly is. So, Bruce, oh, my gosh. So let me just summarize some of my takeaways that we could do, because, again, I like when we have something tangible that we can take. So so turn off the news. Right. That's what I usually say. Don't get hypnotized by it. Uh, start focusing on um creating harmony creating what it is that you want because we're co-creators of life yes and and then begin to start sending those uh frequencies out into the world and then if we can get a group together a small group one percent of the population uh, square root
2: of square root root of of.
1: then we can we can change the world
2: that's the only way the world changes if I go out in the street right now and say, look, heaven on earth, let's have it right now, and I'm the only one out there, it's like, well, there's no chance of that happening. <laughs> but if we get a large enough population out there, their collective energy and their collective creativity can radically change the world. That's the only way it ever changed. It didn't change by edict of some leading person said, okay, I want the world to change, and everything to change. It changes because people banded together to say, Let's create something different than what we have. And this is what we're being called on right now. I can continue to create in the existing world, but it doesn't serve me and it sure as hell doesn't serve the planet. And so um, I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is why we have shift happens. And thank you so much, Bruce, for the work that you do. That you are constantly tirelessly going out around the globe and talking to everybody about to enlighten and and give not just hope but but empower people. And it's so that's powerful. Point. Yes, that's absolutely. That's just, that's it. Yeah. Yes. So, thank you for being on here and talking with me today. Talking with our audience. Have a fabulous rest of your day. And say hi to my peeps in Denmark. (laughs) All right, everyone. So that is the conclusion of my interview with Bruce Lipton. He is just an absolute gem of a human being. Just so sweet, so genuine, and. So bright and intelligent, and I love how he brings this message of empowerment to us human beings—that we have choices, we have, um, we have means to to make, and we can choose to be the victim, or we can choose to. Be empowered. So that's what this is all about. Now, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. starting tomorrow, I'm going to start doing um, Eastern Standard Time, doing a short 10-minute consciousness raising, raising our vibration meditation that I would love for you guys to join in because as you were just hearing, when we come together and we do this together, we do not have to be in the same physical space, we can increase the vibration and the energy in the globe and what better time than now so with that i want you to take the bits and pieces that you feel that really resonate with you and and put it in place in your life Uh, share this with everybody that you think might it also inspire because this is good stuff we need bruce we need more bruce out there all right so (laughs) share it with your peeps and otherwise go out there. We need your unique talents in the world. So go out there and shine your beautiful inner light.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.